Hey, uh, just a heads up that we are discussing sexual assault a little bit in this episode, not going into any details, but it, um, it will come up a couple of times. So if you're not in a place to hear about that today, this might not be the episode for you. Welcome to Somebody You Love or The Sale of Two Titties. I'm Jenna Love. And I'm Holly Hart. And we're experts in disappointing our parents, breaching community guidelines, and banging the people who vote against our rights. Today we are here recording on the land of the Ngunnawal people. Um, We'd like to pay our respects as always. That doesn't change and it's always just as serious and prevalent. Um, You know, white supremacy doesn't go anywhere and uh, the effects of, uh, of the white people on this land remain today. Yeah. And as usual, a little disclaimer that we can't speak for everyone in the sex industry. And particularly today, we're talking a lot about stigma experienced uh, when encountering medical professionals Um, and not just about sex work, but about sex in general. Um, But, you know, we probably face a lot less stigma in that regard than a lot of our peers do and even non-peers when they're talking about sex with medical professionals. So do keep that in mind, please. We have both recently had some experiences with medical providers that led us to discussions with each other um, and rants, I suppose, about our experiences dealing with medical providers. And we thought we'd bring that to you guys um, and share that because uh, I suppose people might not, well, I don't even have to suppose, I know a lot of people probably have no idea what we go through as sex workers um, when we do see medical providers. And also we're both very aware that a lot of people feel a lot of shame or a lot of um, fear going to the doctor about sexual things. And we want to hopefully reduce a little bit of that fear. Um, we probably also, won't do that with telling them about these shit experiences, though, no, will we? No, <laughs> but I think also the good experiences or the ways that we found, have found that work when we want to get some help with sexual health stuff or speak to um, doctors about something relating to sexual health, um, hopefully that can be helpful. Um, and, yeah, also we just want to make sure that we – remind you guys that it is important to take care of your sexual health and sometimes it can be a little bit awkward but you know it's really worthwhile yeah absolutely and I think we've both had actually as a result of the podcast I've had quite a number of clients say hey I was listening to your podcast and I went fuck I should go get a sexual health test and then I've said cool like how was it and then they've explained it and I've been like okay so did they do this did Mm, they do that yes and they've been like oh no and I'm like oh god why do we have to tell the doctors how to do their jobs it is a shame (laughs) yeah and hopefully these are the things that we can help you know, bring to the front of your mind so that if you are in these positions, you can advocate for yourself. You can um, say what you want, what you need, what you don't need, um, and feel really comfortable doing that or feel more comfortable at least. Because look, it's not always fun going to the doctor and talking Mm. about your genitals. We get it. We're really cool because we show everyone our genitals, Mm -hmm. but um, it can be a little bit confronting. And yeah, we want to help with that. In fact, usually the doctor... I've had multiple occasions where I've just like started taking my yeah, pants off. They don't off. want to see it. And they're like, can you put it away? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've... Well, they're like, fun. wait till I close the curtain. Yeah. Because they want you to disrobe while they're not in the room. Yeah. Like they're going to be Isn't looking right in yeah. there. I don't want to watch But they can't be there for the striptease, no. which is, you know, it's a bit sad, but mm. they don't want the foreplay. <laughs> want all in. Uh, anyway. So yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit too comfortable, I think. Um, and we should say, right, that we are not sexual health experts. No. We're not doctors. Mm, no. And big credit to people who are doctors and medical professionals because mm. they know a lot of shit that we don't know. Oh, fuck They're yeah. a lot more school. No, they probably yep. didn't do more schooling than me, but they're using all the schooling that they did, so that's yeah. something. We're definitely not trying to be superior here. We no. just noticed some massive gaps in the care yeah. and, uh, yeah. Yeah. We're bringing that to we you. something we deal with a lot. Yeah. Yeah, we deal with it a lot, and we mm. thought you find it, one, entertaining and hopefully educational. So, Holly, mm. what can you expect when you go for an, an STI test? Well, Jenna... <laughs> I've had a bit of experience in this field. What? You I've slut. Once or twice, maybe a few times. Uh, look, uh, STI testing. Mm, yes. I'm glad you brought it up, actually. <laughs> I, uh, you put this down, so I thought you wanted to talk about it. It's just both. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. When I, when I was a teenager and I'm sure with you, you get little bits of sexual health education things sort of like, oh, you know, you should, you know, bits, very minimal things. And mm. like, you should get a test when you, you know, not, do testing, but you know, oh, people, you know, no, you didn't. You, no, like, no, you don't okay. know it's a regular thing. You should no, really no, do no. if you, yeah, we didn't get any of that, but no. you're aware that you can get tested and that, that STDs back in mm-hmm. that day existed. Right. But 
during my young my youth I it was not a thing I I ever did I had no knowledge about it all um which might sound incredibly ignorant but I'm I'm thinking most listeners are also agreeing and going yeah we didn't know much about it until we started seeing sex workers because that's where Mm. you meet a lot of people who um who take part in it often so um it's only been since i joined the sex industry however many years ago um, and particularly since i started doing it full-time um that i really discovered a lot more about sexual health care so the beautiful thing is that in most states in australia but i don't think all of them we do have sexual health clinics i, mm. I believe there are some states or some particularly there's a lot of areas where it's not easy to access oh, God, a, yeah. a sexual yeah, yeah a sexual health clinic um, but for me here in the ACT, we have a wonderful one out near on the Canberra Hospital. Um, and also, I, I don't know if it's the same again across the country, but they're not necessarily available for everyone to use. Mm. Like I believe my local one is for – they've got like a list of priority people that right. it's open for because it's free, so it's government funded. So they've only got the funding – well, mine is. So they've only got the funding for those priority groups. So the number one is usually MSM, which means men who have sex with men – it's a lot broader than that that wording, um, but that's kind of the medical term that they're, they're using at the moment. Um, it, people who inject drugs and sex workers, right? basically. Well, the one, trans people, I think, is the other one. Okay. The one here in Canberra is also government-funded and it will see anyone. So well, that's because it's bloody Canberra. Canberra, we are miles <laughs> ahead. Um, so, it, you know, if you're in the area, it's uh, it's out near the Canberra Hospital. You don't have to uh, have a Medicare card. It costs you nothing. You can just go in there f- for whatever and get your testing done. And well, a lot of them can be done anonymously as well. Yeah, yeah. You can use a cool. pseudonym, which yeah. is totally... Or get a number or whatever. Yeah, yeah, totally wonderful. So we will go into that a little bit more uh, later on. But we thought we'd kick off with how an STI test should work generally um, for those who've never had one. So usually you can have a blood test and some swabs and a urine and or a urine test, depending on what you... Uh, if you're going because you have symptoms or if you're just going mm. for a full screening or what your circumstances are. Um, you get a blood test, you have some swabs, which can be either a swab rubbed at the back of your throat, um, a swab inserted anally, a swab inserted vaginally, and a urine test. And I think occasionally they can do a swab in the male, sorry, in the penis urethra for, so I can't even remember, I think there's certain oh. things that they do. Mm. But not often. So I think that's anyone a very... Anyone that's keen on sounding, I, go get no. your STI test. I think I, I could be a little bit off, but generally, yeah. And I just wanted to clarify, I thought this was really important. I have met um, in my personal life a few young men who are really frightened of needles. And I think it's a much more common thing than people think, that mm-hmm. this, this fear of needles is, is quite prevalent. And there are a lot of people out there who are really frightened to get a blood test. And I think... I think you should work through that. I think you should mm. go and, you know, fix it. But it's not always that easy. And I still think you should try and get some sexual health testing if you can. So if you want to go and get a sexual health screening and you just say, I just want to do the swabs. I don't want to do a blood test today. Can we do the wee test? And can we just check out the basics? And those basics, those tests, the urine tests and the swab tests do cover some of the most common yes. and the most, um, well, yeah, the most treatable um STIs. So I think it is really important that if you can, even if you're a little bit frightened and that's what's putting you off, mm. you can say, I, I really don't want the needle today. Can we just do all of the other tests? Mm. But we'll go into, uh, you know, those processes and the experiences you have with different providers and the experiences we've had. Um, but that's generally how it should work. You go and you get these things, you, you know, they send it off and a week or so later they text you back. Usually these days it's a text. Maybe they call you um, if there's any problem and then they go from there. So it should mm. be reasonably straightforward. I think it's maybe different at a GP, but I know that at the sexual health clinic I go to, they ask you a lot of questions and that's something that people might find a bit confronting. Like it's, I always find it very amusing because there's like, are you married? Are you single? And I'm like, lol, all of the above. (laughs) And then like, do you have sex with men? Do you have sex with women? Do you have sex with trans people? You know, and again, I'm just like, yes, yes. (laughs) Tick, tick, tick. All that just, just, just order them all babes. Um, but so there is a bit of that. So that could be, um, confronting and they often again my experience at the sexual health clinic near me will ask about your safer sex practices mm. like they will say do you always use um, a condom when having 
penetrative sex or an anal sex or blowjob, mm. etc. Um, what about toys? If you're sharing toys, do mm. you do that? Um, and it's not about judgment. Mm-hmm. Like they just want to know so that they can prepare and, and decide what mm. what tests, you know. And then they can are, are report, really necessary. you know, gather anonymous data to report yes. on, you know, the, the incidents and the prevalence yeah. of these things. Yeah. And they will say like, have you recently had a condom break or have you, you know. Um, so And, and of the big one is have you got any symptoms? Yeah. And for those of us who regularly go and just have kind of a standing appointment, usually we don't have any symptoms yeah. and you don't have to have symptoms mm. to get a test. We do tend to recommend in general that where you can, that you attend a sexual health clinic rather than a GP. Uh, just because we find that sexual health clinics, they tend to have staff who are a little bit more educated in sexual health, which that seems to be not an a issue. surprise. That's well, that yeah, seems to be yeah. an issue for me that a GP doesn't. I mean, that yes. feels like it should be fairly basic knowledge mm-hmm. um, in that field. But um, well, it's not a specialty, is it? it because the vast majority it, of adults there's a lot of sex are having sex. There. Yeah, it's yeah. not. A, it's not a very niche thing, no. in, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, not the not the broader aspects of it, anyway. Uh, and, and, yeah, there's a, such a lower amount of stigma that yep. mostly you, you will experience at a sexual health clinic. They have dealt with a wider range of genders, of, of people, of providers. If you say you've seen a sex worker, you're less likely to get a little bit of reaction mm-hmm. to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just makes you feel a lot more comfortable if you already do feel a little bit nervous about the whole thing and you feel really shy that you're sitting with somebody who has seen six hookers today. They've seen various genders, various mm-hmm. um, sexualities, whatever, and they, they've seen it all. They're not you're, – you're not a shock to them. Yeah, that's um, true. And, yeah, you can sort of feel a little bit less. But you do have to walk in to a sexual health clinic. And, yeah, that's – So that might be confronting for some people. That can be confronting for some people. But I think – I love know, it there. It's good You're time. treated with some, some real kid gloves. A lot of them have like a little pack of – you know, you can go and fill up with some free condoms yeah, while you're there. Yeah. And it's a little adventure. It's like a little lolly bag. <laughs> off you go. And, yes. Yeah, you trot out the door. Um, yeah, and, and they're also really comfortable with yeah, whether you want to have this test or not. You, they're not going to put pressure. You're not going to get in the door and they're going to go, well, you have to have this. Mm-hmm. I think some people think that they go and it's it, it's really overwhelming. If you just want to take it a little bit at a time, it's okay. They, they, they're there to support your health and um, it, you don't have to be overwhelmed by it. They're, yeah, they're really good generally. But yeah, I think it's really important. We're realizing more and more recently that a lot of – you know, quote unquote, civilians aren't aware of swabs as a part of mm. STI testing mm. that a lot of doctors apparently just do bloods, maybe also urine. Mm. And it's strange because we keep hearing all this stuff about how oral gonorrhea and oral chlamydia are on the rise. And then people are just like not testing for it. Yeah. And we're like, okay, so is this something we're going to be concerned about or is it not something we're going to be concerned about? So, yeah, swabs are um, – if you are doing unprotected oral, if you are going yeah. down on people of any gender, um, if you are doing even like deep French kissing, if you're doing real tongue kissing, yeah. I'd be wanting to get swabs of, get my, of swab. my throat. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also, It's like a, it's similar to getting a COVID no. test. I just want to – well, no. I – I was just going to say, I just want to clarify, it's not like the COVID test because, well, it's more like the recent COVID test. But remember the one where they used to put the thing right up your nose and in the back? Oh, yeah, not nose. Right deep into the – yeah, but even then they get – this one, they barely graze the back of your tonsils. It's over – like it's so quick, they barely get in there. Um, I think it's – if you can – yeah, if you can hack a COVID test – Easy. Even if you don't think you could hack a COVID test, you, you can deal with this. You it's, can. It's, yeah, absolutely. The can. throat swab is so easy. Yeah. Just, just put very that worth there. doing. It's so, so easy. All right, so this whole episode came to fruition. Oh, what a word. Uh, Because just the other day, I had to get an STI test um, because I was making some content with someone. And so it was actually before I was due for my – like normally I get them done every three months. I get swabs done every three months, not bloods. So I went, oh, do you know what? I've heard about this fancy new online script business. I'm hip. I'm cool. I'll do that. So what is it? Do you just go online and fill out a yeah. thing and they – oh, okay. Yeah, oh. pretty much. It cost me 20 bucks. Okay. Um, and then you just go to – not much. And then so you get um, sent to your – or this particular company, the way they did it, was I got sent to my email a PDF um, pathology request form, oh, okay. essentially, cool. just like you would get if you went to a GP for a request. And so in doing that – you don't have to talk to anyone. You don't have to give them your history. Mm. Like you just, you click which things you want to be tested for. And that's probably worth mentioning as well, right? That like you don't need to once a month get tested for HIV, particularly if you are a heterosexual person yeah. having protected sex. You're not doing, uh, you quote, know, quote, high risk activities. Yeah. 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 So, so don't go crazy as yeah. well. That's the other thing to keep in mind. Yeah. But yeah, you just tick the list what you want 
And then I got a thing saying, all right, please test Jenna for these things. So I trotted off to this local pathology place and I I don't think I'd been there before because the one I normally go to has terrible hours because what is it with oh. pathology places having the worst hours? It's like 4 wacky. to 7 p.m. every second Tuesday. Outrageous. What? Outrageous. I don't know what that is. It's a funding thing, I guess. But so I went to this place and when I got in there, the um, there was a sign saying, you know, emailed referrals. We, we require a hard copy of them. So email them to this email address. I was like, cool, great. That's me forwarded the the PDF to their email address. So then the nurse came out and she was like, how can I help you? And, you know, I said, oh, I've emailed my referral through. And she, like, I was like, I, I might've been the first person to do that is what I'm thinking. But I was like, well, the sign said, it seemed like this was a normal yeah. thing for you. But anyway, um, that took her a while. And then she went and, and got it and printed it off. Um, and then there was a big to do about whether they could actually do it there from the company I'd used. And the, the company I used was instant scripts, which I've used before to get the pill and stuff. And they're one of the first ones that comes up like mm. it's, you know, um, and there was a big, like, Oh, I don't know if we can do it actually, but you know, and I was like, okay, well let me know. Um, and then she had to speak to someone else and then it was just yeah. an so ordeal. They didn't- so they didn't know if they could do it from that company, like the script. The, yeah, the it was something to do was, with the no, right, yeah. Okay. Even though it looked like a pathology referral to me, right? Um, and then so and she came over and she said, "Okay, so what I've got to do, I've got to call our like centre people, like who I don't know, head office or something, and see if we can do this." And I was like, "All right, like go do that then." So then she goes and calls, um, gets on the phone. Yeah, we can. I was like, "Great, okay." It was all a lot of stress for nothing, but cool. Um, and then she comes over and so she's printed it out. And <laughs> so there ended up being two staff members I dealt with and not neither of them said anal or vaginal once in our time together. And it was a hysterical experience watching them find other ways of communicating those words to me. <laughs> um, and I just, I was like, oh my God, you're medical professionals. Like guys, we all have an anus, like it's fine. <laughs> but um, so she comes over and she's pointing to the words on the page and she's like so it's got that you need to get this one and this one and I'm doing actions here which doesn't yeah. help in a bloody podcast but she said, this one and this one you've got to get and I was like yep yep and she's like so did you want to get those today and I said yeah I mean that's why I'm here and um <laughs> and she was like oh so did you bring those with you and I was like no I'm here to get them done um and then she said oh have you got the urine did you bring urine with you? Like, and I was like, well, in my, in my body, yes, but I haven't put it into a container because you are the keepers of the containers. Uh, so that was just all a bit weird. And then she was like, okay, all right. So then they went off to find the swabs for me and that took a while. And I was like, weird. Don't you just go and grab the swabs from the swab drawer? Mm, okay. Yes. Um, and meanwhile, all of this, she was talking to the other staff member. So they were both kind of managing my apparently very difficult request, which is hilarious because it's something I get done every three months. I was like, it's just a standard STI screen. Like it's nothing, not a big deal. Yeah. Okay. Is that something that they just never I, do at this pathology? I don't like, know. Uh, yeah. It was so terrifying odd. as a community. Well, that, I was a bit like, uh, yeah. well, can I maybe not go here now? Yeah. Like, uh, so then she goes, okay, well, did you want to do the urine test now? And I said, oh yeah, I can go. Like I assume she was asking, are you ready to yeah. wee? And I was like, yeah, I can. Yeah. So she goes and gets me the, um, the thing, the, what's it called? Like the bucket thing, the PP container, the PP container. That's the technical term. She gets that, brings it back to me. And then she's like, Oh, while you're in the bathroom, did you want to do that? And points again at the swabs. And I was like, yeah, well that does make sense. So I'll, Oh, that's right. She was like, Oh, do you know how to do those? Mm. I said, yeah, yeah, I usually, I usually just go to the sexual health clinic and I do it myself. Mm. Um, because ever since COVID, a lot of that's changed. They used to do yeah. it for me there, but yeah. now they don't. Whatever. They've always had signs at the one here in Canberra. They you get a little in the toilet and they've got like a how to. Oh yeah, it's so great. If you want to do it. Yeah. yeah. That's the other thing. If you're like, Oh, I don't mm. want to, you know, yeah, you, mm. can, you don't have to be yeah, yeah. in front of them. It's, yeah. See, I didn't like when they first started doing that. I was like, can you do it? Yeah. I'm you're the professional. Yeah. <laughs> But I know, gather now it's I'm pretty, used to it. I gather it's pretty idiot proof. Like I think that they wouldn't let you do it if it was, yeah. you know, that. Yeah. And as you said, they've got the little instructions. Yeah. So I said, yeah, no, no, I know how to do it. It's fine. I've done it many times. And she was like, oh, okay, okay. And then, yeah, she said, do you want to do that while you're in there with the, with the urine? And I was like, well, yes, I'd rather do that than come back out again. Like what? <laughs> so I go in there, stick things in all my holes, you know, have a wee. And I come back out. Then, and because it was all the swabs too, it was oral, anal, and vaginal. It wasn't just anal and vaginal they had a problem with. They were weirded out with the oral as well, mm. which I thought was really odd. 
So I go into the room that she told me to come into. And then the other worker there knocked on the door and said, do you need help in there? And she said, no, no, I'll be fine. And then she said, oh, well, if you want to come in and help. And I was like, what is there to help with? So all I had left to do was for them to take blood, just one vial, like a simple blood test, um, and to swab my throat. And I, I think I said to them, I can do the throbs because I do that at the sexual health clinic anyway, sure. but whatever. So she comes in and there's two people, you know what the room, they're tiny little rooms. And I was like, I don't know what. So one of them was like, okay, I'll do the bloods and the other one will do the, the throat swab. And so the one doing the throat swab says, do you have PPE in here? And she's like, oh, I think she goes looking. They can't find any. So she leaves the room. She goes, I'll go get some. She comes back, not in a hazmat suit, but like done up. <laughs> Like, I was like, whoa, okay. Um, it's like that scene in E.T. Oh, you guys know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this uh, next in Jenna hasn't seen anything. So, yeah, she's all protected. And I, was, and I was like, oh, right, is that because it's like a spit thing? Like it's, you know, sort of highly contagious. And they said, yeah, yeah, it's just for our protection. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. like what? Mm. And just because I've had plenty of throat swabs in my life and that's never happened. Uh, and I mean, good, like they should be looking after themselves and using PPE, but it was just a lot for a very basic test, you know? And then again, they put, Oh, that's right. So before I went into the loo, Oh, this was so great. She's got the two sticks. So for vaginal and anal swab, they're usually different colors. So I think the vaginal one was purple and the anal one was orange. But so she's holding the orange one at my face going, so this one, this one here, um, so, the, so this is, and I knew exactly what she was going to say. She's like, so this one's for the back and this one's for the front. And I was like, all right, orange for the butthole. Got it. <laughs> like, what? It was, they were just so wigged out by the whole thing. I felt like they treated me like patient zero of yeah. some new. Like an alien, like E.T. Like yeah. A, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very bizarre Wild. and they it was like they'd never done any testing before and then i mean she did the blood test and it was perfectly like they they could they were quite capable i think um and then after the blood was taken she said to me three times just be really careful on that arm today and i was like yes i've i have had a blood test but have you ever done a blood test you know like and it was just one vial it wasn't a lot i've had it done where they take like fucking heaps yeah. yeah anyway it was just i walked out of there and i was fine right but I thought, do you know what? If somebody's having their first ever STI test oh. or they've had a scare or they're – I mean, these people made me feel like an absolute fruit loop mm. for wanting some really basic testing and looking after my health. Yep. Like, like yep. it was just outrageous. And they wouldn't say anal for fuck's sake. Yep. God. Yeah, I've been for uh, to, to GPs in the past where I've asked for sexual health – basic sexual health screen and they've been like well why why do you what symptoms what do you have like what do, what do you think has somebody called you what's happened and i'm like well nothing i just want to make sure everything's okay oh well, well why uh, this this isn't you shouldn't be yes. making somebody feel uncomfortable to just ask can you just check me can we just yeah i feel like that that you should be encouraging people to get a routine test and it's very mm-hmm. there's a real disconnect there very yeah weird. and so oh do you have symptoms yeah well, what, no i've slept yeah. with a lot of people yeah I've, I've had enough sex was it was it was there a condom break was there you know uh, who you know it, Okay, just sure. These questions may need to be asked as part of, yes. you know, your ascertaining things. But like, they're like almost trying to say, well, why would you want one? And it's mm. well because I care about my health, same as I would if I was getting my blood pressure checked or my cholesterol or whatever. I just want to make sure things are okay. Um, Which is it just considering like this is the disconnect, right? Yeah. That our society is like, oh, STIs. Yeah. Oh, you don't want to have an STI, and then the doctors are like, oh. Do you really want to get a test for it? Yeah. And we're like, well, we're just trying to, what? Yeah. The messaging is yeah. cooked. Yeah. And then everyone's like, whores, oh, you guys are really, oh, you are vectors of disease. And then again, the doctors are like, why? Yeah. Like, oh. My recent experience uh, came about a few weeks ago as well. I woke up one day and my throat was a little bit sore. And all sex workers will know that feeling of, did I just deep throat too hard recently mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. am I getting sick? That's and it. I didn't feel like I was getting sick in, in any way. There wasn't a whole lot of sickness. My throat was just a little bit sore, but my glands sw- like were very swollen. They swell, swell. So they swelled up and I felt like a little, like a little toad <laughs> and, uh, and they were quite sensitive and I didn't have many bookings that week. Like I had a f- quite a few days where I had nothing on. And so I was like, I'll just keep an eye on it, but I'll go and get a sexual health test in the meantime, because, um, maybe it's throat gonorrhea or something, mm. you know, um, 
yeah, I've, I've, I've never had that, but I hear that, you know, that's the first sort of signs of it is maybe you get a bit of a sore throat and a bit of swelling. Sometimes, you know, things like that can be asymptomatic, but, um, it, it does seem, I think some people probably are like, that's a very strange conclusion to immediately jump to. But I think when this is your job, hmm. you want to take care of your health and, um, oh, we all do it. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You wake up with a sore throat, you go, oh, yeah. I and think then you go, oh yeah, I was really gobbling on that I dick. Yeah. Okay, cool. smashing no. the back that? of my throat. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. And that can make your glands swell up. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I thought, oh, look, I've, I, and I also knew at that time I had like, yeah, a few bookings coming up and I, I wanted to make sure that I was healthy in that instance. So, so I, uh, I contacted the sexual health clinic here in Canberra and since COVID they have changed their operations. So before it was really easy. It was a walk-in clinic. You could pop in any day, go sit in there. And sometimes the wait would be a little bit silly, but you know, you take a book, you relax and you get your test done. And it was all good since COVID. Obviously they don't want a whole lot of people sitting around in the waiting room. So now you have to make an appointment understand that but now they're booked out for two or three weeks in advance Mm. which when you're in my position you can't really wait for and i know that they prioritize obviously there's you know people who have had sexual assaults and things Mm -hmm. like that um they prioritize people with definitive symptoms people Mm -hmm. who have um been contacted by somebody and said that they they potentially have an sti things like that so they do have like a triage sort of system um and mine was well i might have a symptom but i you know eh." so I, i didn't really you know feel like it was an emergency and I didn't want to even then with the emergency thing I think it was still like five days before they could sort of not emergency but you know with a more higher priority it's still five days or something till I could get in and I didn't want to not work until then um or until then plus waiting for the results and and you know that sort of thing. So, uh, so that took the clinic off the list for me that day. So I was doing a little bit of Googling and my GP books out five weeks in advance. So I thought, oh, well, that's not, that's not necessarily going to work for me. And I noticed that the walk-in clinic nearby offered it. Now, Jenna was like, what the fuck is a walk-in center? Mm. And Canberrans will know what I'm talking about. It's a little initiative that they started here in Canberra, which is sort of between like the doctor and the hospital or sort of lower down than I suppose a less urgent thing than a doctor, but the things that, you know, that you don't necessarily need a doctor for. So it could be things like you need to get some stitches out or you have cold or a scrape or a cut, really honestly, things that you could probably mostly deal with at home. Mm-hmm. But if you feel like you need a nurse to help you with something, there's clinics here. You don't need to make an appointment. Yeah, so it's kind of like the nurse in the GP. Sort of like the, the nurse in the GP. Just that part. Sort of like that, yeah. Mm. But they're open you know, 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. or something, mm-hmm. seven days a week. Sounds I think, awesome. I think 365 days a year. Yeah, and yeah. that was intended to take pressure off this mm. health system, which obviously is already struggling, yes. just as, as evidenced by the sexual health clinic and my GP weight, yes. and by all national Everything. hospitals, yeah. really. So look, they're great little, great little systems. Um, and I noticed on their website that they say that they offered sexual health screening for gonorrhea and chlamydia. And mm. I thought, well, great. Cause I don't, That's the concern. Yeah, yeah. I've had my testing for my, my other things. Yeah. And this is only a recent thing where I think that maybe there's something going on mm. with my throat. So I'll go in and we'll get that sorted out. So I went down there and it's free. This is another thing I had to, to clarify. The walk-in center is free. So it's great. A wonderful resource for the public. And I thought that'd be easy. Pop down there. And, uh, for starters, the, the discretion was, was revolting. Like it, it's a tiny little waiting room. Everyone can hear your full name, your mm. address, your phone number, all of that. And then she said, well, what are you here for? And I'm like, okay, this is fucking very, and like people in the waiting room were, were looking at me cause there was nothing else to look at. It was a boring little mm. waiting room, tiny. And I said, oh, I just would like a swab. Thanks. Just some swabs. And she's like, for COVID. <laughs> and I was like, and, and I was like, well, <laughs> no. And I was hoping by saying no and just standing there that she'd think of what other things a swab might be needed for because yes. she's working in the health field. Oh, surely yes. she knows what people are swabbing for. Yes. And I'm standing there and waiting. And, she's and like, they offer sexual health screening. They offer sexual health screening. It's on <laughs> well, their list of things. Yeah. 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 yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, yeah, it's the only two things mm-hmm. they do there for sexual health is clip, mm-hmm. committee, and gonorrhea. And I was like, okay, just waiting. And she's like, well, for what? What do you need? And I'm like, for something else? And I'm thinking, fuck, everyone here in the in the cleaning knows now. They, they know that I need They've all worked it out. They've she worked hasn't. it out. Yeah, she's the only one in the room who doesn't know what, I, what I'm here for. And I'm like, fuck me. And I, I literally said, I was like, this is incredibly indiscreet. And she was like just staring at me. And I <laughs> so I brought up on my phone the website mm-hmm. of the, you know, Canberra ACT Health. And I zoomed in on the thing and held it up at her. And she was like, oh, I don't know. Oh, I have to call. She went and got another staff member from the back. She said, do we do this? Pointing at my phone. Oh, they can't say words, can they? They're no, point at no. She was, te- she was horrified. I was re- She saw the word gonorrhea and she oh, went into shutdown. And, and the man said, yeah, yeah, we do that. And she was like, oh, okay. And she, yeah, for God's sake. Anyway, so I sat down, I waited. It was quite a long wait. 
And uh, anyway, I got in to see the nurse and she was just like darling. She was so lovely. And I said, you know, I've woken up, my throat a little bit sore, my glands are a bit swollen. You know, I'm a sex worker, um, just a little bit concerned, you know, about gonorrhea and stuff. I want to just get the all clear so that I can make sure I can get back to work this week. And uh, and she was honestly t- really, really cool about the sex. Mm. She was, yeah, no worries, easy. I said, the sexual health clinic's booked out for, mm. you know, yeah. And she said, oh, the throat. And I was like, yeah. And she's like, well, we can't, we don't actually do that here. And I was like, well, the site says you test for chlamydia and gonorrhea mm-hmm. only. So, and she goes, yeah, we, we swab, but only vaginally and anally. Mm, mm. And I'm like, it's the same things. It's the same materials. Yeah. It's a swab. And, and you, you, and she, you know, you know how to, I can do it myself. That's okay. Yep. If that's the issue. And she's like, no, we don't have the right Medicare code mm. we, that we can send through. So we, we can physically do it, but we're not approved to send that off to mm. pathology to be mm. tested. And I was like, what the fuck is this system? Which is obviously not her fault. It's not. The, oh, you know, she was, she went above like, and beyond. Yeah, she was fuck. gorgeous. She even did this, we did the swab and she took it. And she said, Aww. I'm going to speak to my manager. I'll text you and let you know what we can do. I'm gonna do. She did, she what went. Legend. She was the nicest lady. Um, yeah. She went above and beyond for me. And I said to her, like, this is, you're just doing your job, man. If you yeah, can't, yeah, you yeah. can't, you can't. This make is it. insane. But what a stupid bureaucratic thing to be like, we can only swab your anus and your vagina. Yes. We, and then put on your website, we test for chlamydia and gonorrhea, but not like even acknowledge that that can be caught somewhere else yeah. in the body. Like yeah. we can only test. Which again, all I keep hearing about mm. is the oral gonorrhea and chlamydia on the rise. They're Everyone, the ones that, yeah. They're, yeah. The, they're the big ones. Anyone end. that I ever know who's had gonorrhea, mm-hmm. I only know it of being in their throat. Like, same. I just, same. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. because, frankly, more people are doing unprotected oral yeah. than are doing unprotected yeah penetrative full service totally in, yeah totally. at least in the sex industry yeah, yeah, yeah. right i mean yeah. that's yes yeah and there's absolutely so no, no shame more, to it we're not no. you know i um yeah I, I it's a very treatable condition and it's no worries but i uh yeah i uh, you know we, we prefer not to have it and yeah. we'd like to know if people do and we can you know work yeah. that and take care of yourself right so i just i was perplexed by this system what a stupid system and you know yeah i, I couldn't do anything about it so i left so obviously it wasn't this this lady's fault. She did everything she can, but it just it was ridiculous that mm-hmm. in terms of accessible, um, free sexual health t- testing in the ACT, um, and the ACT is really ahead of the curve with a lot of this mm. stuff. Mm. Um, it, it was just yeah really hard to get a very basic for for one of the most two of two of the most rapidly rising uh, STIs in the ACT for for the past couple of decades, chlamydia and gonorrhea. Um, that these aren't really easily accessible things to be tested for. Um, and particularly when mm. somebody thinks that they've got a few symptoms, pretty, pretty disappointing. Hmm. Mm. Yeah. And I think uh, like, uh, obviously I, I know Holly agrees with me here. We don't want to shit on healthcare professionals, right? Oh, they're doing all they it's, can. It's oh the my system. God. They this are. This is a systemic issue. Well, no, cause I, well, we are going to talk about okay. individual idiots. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. As, yeah. You're right. As a whole, yeah. Generally, there are so many wonderful medical oh, God, professionals. Yeah. Yeah. And I've got some friends who are nurses. Oh, my God. And respect. Yes. we acknowledge that they've had a real shit couple of years, mm-hmm. right? It's not in a good state right now. No. We fully, you know, and I, oh, God, I've had so – and I'm a real public system person and I've had the most wonderful nurses in the public yeah. system, like big fan. Wonderful. But we just wanted to acknowledge this weird gap yes. around sex. And even just – like the gap of kind of knowledge or experience or whatever, but there's even just like this, this um, like an ick and a stigma and all that around sex, which is so weird because as we've said, every, not everyone's doing it, but a lot of people are doing mm. it. It's, it's a very human thing. To me, it's kind of the equivalent of, of going to the doctor with a cold, you know, like it, it's pretty standard, not having an STI necessarily, but engaging in sexual activity. So when I was 18, I was sexually assaulted. I think, I don't know if my, I think I said to my mum, can you drive me to the doctor to get tested? Like I told her what had happened. I think it was the next day. And I, I said, can I, maybe it was a couple of days later. I don't remember. Um, and I said, can you take me to the doctor? Cause obviously I was, you know, not having the best time of my life. So I didn't want to drive myself and stuff. Um, so she took me there. She was amazing. She is amazing and uh, booked in just to – it was just, you know, the local GP place. It wasn't like my regular doctor because they took weeks and weeks to get in to see, and I knew I just needed some STI testing, right? So I went in, and it was a male doctor that I got, like, assigned to, and um, I walked in, and I said, he said, you know, how can I help you today? And I said, okay, so I was sexually assaulted yesterday, whenever it was, and so I just wanted to get, like, STI testing because it was 
it was unprotected and he freaked out. <laughs> he was like, oh, oh, um, did you, uh, did you want, did you want a female doctor? And I said, oh no, just, I just wanted STI tests, you know? And he was like, oh, um, okay. And kind of went back to his computer and came back to, you know, and, and was like, I, um, I think you'd better, I, I think, I think you'd better wait for a female doctor and kind of hurried me out of the room. And obviously I burst into tears. That's horrible. <laughs> it That's, was horrific. You were already feeling so vulnerable, so uh, shitty. and I'd already been fucked over by a man and then yeah. another man comes, you know, like. Fuck. And I just thought, and looking back on that girl, I'm like, oh, my God, you fucking ballsy bitch. You went, I've got to go get my STI test. You went yeah. that. You were struggling, but you went, well, this is what I've got oh, to deal with. Massive. And yep. then you had a man just reject you and say, no, I can't possibly, Make you, you know. Make you feel like there was something wrong <gasps> like with I'd you. Like I'd done something. Like, yeah, yeah. And like I'd been foolish. Like I felt quite yeah. foolish. Yeah. I felt like I wasn't an idiot. I should have asked for a woman. But no, I shouldn't have. No. He's a medical professional. Yes. There's no reason why, you know. Look, I can understand if he was like, I'd like to have a woman in the room with me or, you know, and yeah. I know for, like for cervical screening at my local now they've got to have oh, a nurse that's got to come into the room and whatever. Like I understand if they want to protect themselves. Um, yeah, but to act like you should ask a man to, oh my God. to take care of your yeah. health when that's yeah. his job. And is... then I went back out, sat in the waiting room crying. <sighs> you know, there's a bunch of other people in the waiting room. Um, had already waited a long time, as we all know what it's like. And mm. then I went in, saw a female doctor and, and got it done. But, you know, then when I went in to see her, I was all crying. And mm. she obviously thought, well, shit, she's really traumatized, which I guess I was. But but in that instant, it was actually from her fellow doctor. Mm. And it's just, yeah, I mean, that's obviously he was uncomfortable. Mm. But I, I sort of, I, I struggle to have empathy for that because mm. I'm like, well, it is literally your job. Mm. And I, you know. Yeah, is this not part of the, the I obviously know nothing about medical school. Mm. Um, yes. <laughs> if, if you know me, you know I love medicine. I love mm. biology mm. and it's something I, I get really excited about and I love to to learn about and research and listen. But a fuck, you know, you put me you put me in medical school for three days and I, I'd fuck it up. Like, I, <laughs> no way. And so, again, I'm not reducing mm. the intelligence and the hard work that GPs have done, but I, I don't understand how you get to the position of, of being a general practitioner and not having an education on um, on dealing with trauma victims or mm. people who have come in for that sort of thing. Because, again, I feel like that is it's not a hugely niche thing that people get sexually assaulted. Mm. Yep, welcome. And, and yeah, and that people mm. are going to say. And, and that, that yeah. fact that I was not asking him to deal with the no, trauma. No, 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 no. I was yeah. asking him to, a to sign a thing to do some health. tests. Yeah, I feel like, like that's. You know, and I didn't, I never said, oh, I'm really disturbed about it. I need to talk yeah. to someone. Uh, like, yeah. In your X years of medical training, where has this gone wrong? Like, I don't know why uh, uh, somebody telling you that they needed a sexual health screening would elicit that sort of response. It doesn't make sense to me. And I've also had shitty experiences at GPs and, you know, vaguely, like when I've told doctors that I'm a sex worker, you get this reaction sometimes, almost like a visible recoil or the the, attitude towards you becomes suddenly quite icy and the questions become a little bit more... No, I can't say questions are judgmental because that sounds like a very um, like a subjective emotional perception of it. But the questions become very invasive to a point where it's irrelevant. Mm-hmm. You're like, this is not relevant to anything that we've talked about. But I, I mean, I've seen that in a million things. I saw that when I went and saw my first financial advisor. The minute I said the word sex worker, the questions mm-hmm. became uh, like he was frightened of me. Like it was just bizarre. Like f- financially, it wasn't about sex work. It was about like he was like it was a crime. Anyway. <laughs> It was the most bizarre thing. Anyway, uh, back back to GPs though. Uh, so after my whole debacle recently, um, with the, the sexual health clinic and then the walk-in center, I was like, well, I still want to get my th- fucking throat checked out. I really want to find out yes. where we're at with this. And I've wasted so many hours, but like, let's, let's sort this out. So I booked into a GP that I've never been to. She had availability that day and I, uh, you know, was prepared for all of the the bullshit that goes with seeing a GP that you don't know what their take is on sex work. It's you're ready. You're ready for, for however they're going to act about it. And, uh, look, she didn't react any perceptible way. I didn't feel like she was comfortable generally. Mm. Um, but the minute that I mentioned that I was a sex worker, she started asking these really weird sort of questions like I didn't take like what do you usually do for your sexual health and why why this and why don't you why don't you go to the and and I was like well it doesn't matter I'm here now 
and I just want to get these tests done. And she, well, did somebody call you to say that you might have something? And I was like, well, no, but it's my job. And I just want to make sure that I'm healthy. Yeah. And she's like, would well, you have other, like, and it wasn't like checking some boxes. Do you have some other symptoms? Do you have, mm-hmm. it was like, why are you doing this? What are you, oh, what else do you have sort of thing? And I was like, well, no, I'm, we're all good. I said, I feel actually really totally healthy, but I just want to stay on top of this sort of thing. I said, my glands aren't swollen every day and they are today. And I, you know, hmm. um, and then she started asking me about my contraception and she was like, well, and just for those at home who, who don't keep a diary on every single thing about Holly, I have the Implanon in my arm, which is a contraceptive rod, which releases a little bit of hormone and that lasts for three years. And they, I they call it Nexplanon. Nexplanon now. It, well, it's now no. called. I think oh, they've changed it. it. I think that oh, the Implanon was, in the US. I think. Yeah, I've, I, I just call it the old name. But yeah, yeah Nexplanon. Anyway, so I uh, uh, that's my contraceptive and every three years I go and get it changed and like most people, I, um, I'm quite aware of when that time is. I believe that they send me reminders anyway, but, uh, yeah, I take care of it. And particularly as a sex worker, I'm very aware of the thing that's going to prevent me from having a baby. If something horrible, mm-hmm. well, there's quite a few steps that would prevent me from having a baby. Let's say that <laughs> but I've, that ain't happening no matter what. But, um, uh, so yeah, I'm on top of it. But she started asking me, well, when does your next plan on expire? And I said, oh, like August. And she said, oh, well, do you need a prescription so you can go and get another one of those? And I was like, well, mm, that's nine months nine away. Nine months away. Like, I, no, no, I'll sort it out as it gets closer. And she said, well, you, you can't leave it, like, you, you know, overdue. If it goes past the date, then, you know, you can get pregnant. And I was like, yeah, well, <laughs> I, I'm not going to. I'm not planning to. I've got it sorted. I can take care of that. And she, she was like, are you sure? Because I, I can really I – sh- we can do that now. And I, it wasn't said in a sort of helpful way. It was like she was genuinely concerned that – hooker McGee out here was just going to go and have some hooker babies. Like I just, <laughs> I was like, I have no interest. Um, I'm the odds of it happening are very, very slim. Mm. Um, yeah. I, I take care of my health. I take yes. care of my, I know when my thing is due, but I, I don't know whether the minute, and you know, I can't, you can't say for sure this is, but you feel it. You yeah, feel that energy change. Yeah. And yeah, I think she thought, you know, irresponsible person, you know, can't be trusted with her contraception anyone else at my gp clinic um the ones who i usually see they know holly's got it covered she's yeah 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 she'll tell us what she needs it's hilarious because i always leave mine too late do you yeah Yeah. but it's because i obviously well we both use condoms all the time but Mm. i also take the pill all the time Mm, so it doesn't it's not a problem it's fine yeah Yeah. (laughs) and they'll say oh your thing's overdue and i go oh yeah yeah. Yeah. And they yeah. just have a laugh at me. Yeah. So, you know, it's not well, like, it's not like it's going to hurt you leaving mm, it in too long, mm, mm. you know? So her fear was no, purely that, I that would you would get accidentally pregnant. get pregnant, that, that you wouldn't be using condoms, baby. presumably yeah, yeah, is yeah. the assumption there. Yeah. yeah. And that you would be foolish and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. The amount of sex I've had with no condom in the past decade mm, mm. Uh, could probably be counted on. And of know. course they're not a hundred percent. You know, oh, we know totally. that. We're but totally that's why we got the backup. That's why I've got the rod and in the arm. <laughs> you know, Great. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the, the odds of it happening in general are incredibly slim. I'm, yeah. I'm not out there getting cream pie every week. I, well, I was going to say I wish I was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, not not encouraging any <laughs> any shenanigans there. I want to joke. I want to make the joke here on the podcast, you know. But I, I also yeah. there's a thing. I think some, well, I yeah. think sometimes there's a thing in sex work that you worry that you say things like that and oh, people yeah. are going to take it as an invitation sure. to. The stealthing and stuff. Yeah, so yeah. I know the um, listeners here are, are, are cool, yeah. and they they're not going to take it that way. But um, yeah, this uh, my point is that yeah, it's it's, it's not it's not really going on a lot. And um, yeah, no, yeah, we're mm. using protection. We've got the the you've yeah. got an extra layer. I've got it but, all. Yeah, the idea that uh, that in nine months somehow like mm. I needed this medicine now in case Urgent. I don't. Yeah, God. Anyway, and I think that it entirely came from the fact that I'm a hooker and I think it was this thought that somehow I'm irresponsible um, and that, 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 you know, it's the total opposite. I'm more proactive with that sort of stuff um, because I'm really on top of well, what's How much going effort on. did you go to get one throat oh, swab? to get one. And, you know? and it was nothing. Yeah, yeah. I got my results, but, yeah, they contacted me, you yeah. know, later and they, they were like, yes, you're totally yeah. fine. Yeah. In fact, they didn't contact me. I had to chase them up. Oh, for fuck's I had to sake. chase them up. And I was like, hello, I've been waiting. She said, send a message because I, I, I want to know if I can work. Yeah. And they were like, oh, it's fine. And I was like, oh, oh for God's thank sake. You. Thanks. God. I haven't been just waiting to find out. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I wanted to share that I did have one not so great experience at a sexual health clinic. Generally, they've been quite good. Um, I kind of thought they'd be more pro-ho. Um, 
I remember at first, like I went in there and I was like, yes, I'm a whore. And yeah. they just like weren't as on board. Yeah. But I was like, oh, okay, guess, all right, whatever. Um, but yeah, I did have this one experience and I have mentioned this on the show before. Um, I think it was when we had Ruby Valentine on was, we'll talk, that was the last time we were really talking about STIs. Yeah. Um, and the staff member I had was really, um, what's the word really kind of interrogating me about whether I was doing the work by choice, mm. um, and whether I was being coerced or forced into doing it, you know, cause obviously I feel like the thing saying I was married and stuff. And she asked about my husband. I said, Oh yeah, he's just in the car. Like he'd come with me and mm. he was just waiting in the car. And she was like, Oh, and I think that set off flags yeah, for him. Wow. I was like, no, we just love each other and can't spend any freaking time apart when we're in the same state, you know, I love it. like we just wanted to spend the day together. And I popped in to get a test, Jesus. But it was really like, and he, you know, and then, and she was like, oh, she gave me a number to call <laughs> if I needed, like it was, she was really, really pushing mm. this angle of, of are you doing it by choice? And you know that thing when someone's like, don't raise your voice at me, don't get angry at me, and you start raising your voice and getting angry. Like I started feeling so defensive that I felt like I was really giving off signals that I was coerced because I was was going, no, I really want to be, I I do want to do this. You know, I started being really, and it was just so intense and I I felt a bit conflicted about it because I thought, you know, she's feeling like she's got a duty of care here and I'm not an idiot. I know that there are people that are coerced into working in the totally. sex industry. Totally. What she that, – that's a like, great abstract – same with the doctor yeah, questions about yeah. – great questions, but I, the angle you're going here – Oh, she wasn't not, and just mm, wouldn't take no for an answer. Mm, and I was like, I don't know how to – Defend my, I'm defending myself from nothing. Yeah. And my poor cute husband's sitting in the car, probably listening to a podcast. Yeah. Just like we're gonna go to lunch in a minute. Like just it was just a bit Yeah, yeah didn't go the, the right top. way about it. Mm. And and then to be honest, then that brings into question the like, well, if I I, I guess she might have resources if I said I was sort of being coerced, but mm. it's just you know, actually no, that yeah, that's true. It it is important for people at Sure, they've like a lot of time, people in abusive things. relationships, the sure. only time they're allowed out is to go to medical appointments sure. and stuff. So, uh, I get it, it is a good place to catch it. But yeah. it was just too but much. It, well, you can feel when things are loaded from stigma, and yeah. it's it's that whole thing that people say with microaggressions, and they try to define these things, and and people go, well, that all seems really benign, mm. but it's the little underlying tone that you get from it, and that does sound very oh, very triggered, lefty, or you know, but but you feel it, and, mm, and I'm sure there are people who are listening who are from a various marginalized communities who totally get what we're saying. Um, that as an abstract, none of these things are traumatized. Well, mm, the GP that you went to was a little bit, but um, yeah. generally, they're, they're, a lot of these things are not you know, life ruining things, but they are, they contribute to those feelings of shame and and Mm. awkwardness and, you know, that you sort of want to avoid those systems. Um, and also just an insufficiency in the quality of care that's available. Um, so yeah, either, you know, people who do go are going to feel so fucking awkward when they do, um, if they can get in, if there even is the system available. So, so this is really stressful. Um, when we are continually told that, yes, certain STI rates are rising, um, that, you know, sexual health is important and blah 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 and it's it's not accessible mm. yeah. um and i think we mm. both just think we go gosh the and these are just a yeah. couple of examples right yeah, yeah. um and this is the us. things we've been through with accessing stuff for our sexual health um and we we come out of those situations and laugh and go god how ridiculous yeah. was that but then we go oh my god the people that aren't doing this regularly yeah. and don't have a friend they can voice message and go what the fuck did this doctor just do you know <laughs> That's yeah. that's where the worry is. Yeah, as a civilian, it must be, and particularly, um, you know, a lot of people who are, are really shy or, mm. or not comfortable advocating for themselves. Mm. How frightening it must be um, to to be in these positions. You know, to to look around and not find what they need, or to when they do go to a GP, be, be feeling like they're interrogated about why they need the <laughs> test, not just. Like I said, like you said, mm. when you go to a sexual health clinic and they maybe have a clipboard, and they're just ticking the things off. Did you do this? Did you do this? Oh, yeah, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Rather than the doctor, pu- you know, pulling the chair over and looking them in the eye and going like, what have you done? Like, <laughs> it's it's a really, yeah, that must be so fucking awkward mm. and um, really uncomfortable for, for people who are civilians. For us, we, we, we sort of you take it in stride. You have to, It's mm. uncomfortable for us. But, yeah, we uh, I'd hate to think how many people that – that prevents from following through on taking care of mm. their health. Um, so like you said, you've had, you know, a little bit of uh, an awkward experience there at the sexual health clinic. I've definitely been um, sometimes and seen people who are 
um, sorry, and seen nurses and doctors there who are much more, um, yeah, sex work positive. They have a little bit of a joke. They ask what works, what's, you know, how I, you know, do I work independent or, and this is again, Canberra is super, super in touch with that and progressive and the clinic out here is really good. So if you're in Canberra, I'm, I'm promoting it. You might need to book in a few weeks in advance, but they they generally are so great mm. and they uh, they have a laugh and they're, they're all in, seem to be in a really good mood there and it's a really comfortable place. Um, but, you know, I've definitely had some who just feel a little bit more awkward. I, mm. I had one young guy who tried to do, you know, a new beginner trying to do my blood test one day oh, and no. he got it wrong and oh, shot dear. the blood all over oh, the room God. And, and I fainted. Oh. And that was a fun, <laughs> you know, look. But that can happen anyway. Thing, things happen. <laughs> it was an adventure, but generally the vibes are really really good and um and like i said I, I there's that whole thing of um like yeah there's quite a few people out there who have needle phobias and and i i think that this was a big thing during the covid pandemic and a lot of the anti-vax rhetoric and i know that a significant proportion are people who maybe aren't anti-vax they're just very very frightened of getting a needle mm. and that people might listen and go, well, that's not good enough excuse, but you don't know what, how phobias affect people and you don't know what terrifies people. And yeah, I just really, really want people to understand that you can still get quite a few tests. Yeah. You can still go into these clinics. And I, and because you and I said, we don't get our blood tests every mm. X months, we'll get our swabs regularly. Yeah. And then the bloods, which is, is you know, usually testing for the, well, the rarer disease, the things that, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, we'll go and get them when we do. But, um, you know, if, yeah, you can definitely go into those clinics and say, hey, uh, when you get in and see the nurse today, I just really would like to get some swabs or I'd really like to get all the tests except the needle ones. And, you know, it's fine. You can assert yourself, you can say that, Mm -hmm. and you have the right to, um, to decide on what you test your you know, what you test yeah, on your body. Absolutely. Like, that's your right. And it, it can be really hard to advocate for yourself and we get it, mm. but, um, but I think it's worth it. Mm. Mm. And I just had that rem- that thing where I remembered the American healthcare system oh, and went, Oh yeah. Should have added a disclaimer. Yeah. Sorry. That, America. Um, yeah. Just oh, sorry. Me. Sorry. Uh, should have added a disclaimer that obviously we're talking about our experiences in Australia. So there's that yeah. too. And I mean, yeah. I'm aware that, you know, even in Queensland, sexual health clinics can be, uh, you know, my, my best friend lives up there and she has had ordeals with, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, I'm not going to speak on behalf of Queenslanders. I can't remember how it works up there, but it's not, it's not as simple. And I'm sure there are other States where, yeah, it's, it's a real fuck around. So I'm very lucky here in Canberra. And even then it's, it's, it's not foolproof. Just a fun little shit people say for you today. I got a message at 1 p.m. on a Saturday and it said, to Ur's mascot now. And then another message that said, Ur's sexy. <laughs> so two hours mascot now, you're sexy. And I just wrote WTF. As I've covered on the podcast before, anyone that texts me is not a genuine client because it usually means they've got my number from a scraper mm. site because I don't put my number out there. So um, chances are not strong. Then they said, what's your overnight? I sent a link to my website and they said, total. Another message. Is that true? 12 hers overnight to 600. I said, obviously, like, what do you mean? Like, what does that mean? Is that Mm. true? Mm. No, I just put a random number there. (laughs) Then he came back a couple of hours later and said, seriously. And I said, yes. (laughs) Huh? (laughs) He said, What's your booking for night, babe? I said, I have no idea what you're asking me. He said, your schedule. I said, it's on the website. Then send me your site again, just to clarify. Is eight hours means making love. And I mean, I was like, well, we're never making love, babes. That's not what, that's not included in the package. He said, send the link again. So I sent the link and I said, well, not for eight hours straight. Like I was like, is that what you, are you asking me if it's eight hours of fucking? Because fuck no. Um, and then he randomly said, er, ooh, a cop. <laughs> so are you a cop? And I was like, what the fuck? Why would you ask me that? And he said, curious. I said, mm, super weird question. I don't think you'd find many sex workers who are also cops, lol. I'm sure there's some, but the two are not, not best mm, friends. Mm. Let's just put it that way. And then, oh, maybe detective. Is that what that means? Because he said maybe D or undercover. So maybe detective or Mm. undercover. I'm not sure. And I said undercover for what? Like what what could they be undercover for? He said, I thought so, just instinct. 
I said, what crime would they be investigating for, though? This is so weird. And then he said, you good, eh? Cop, model, YouTuber fame, now undercover assignment. And at that point, I was like, this is so weird. I'm really uncomfortable. Please stop contacting me. And he said, sorry, well, not now, which is, that was good. I was yeah, like, wow, okay. I didn't expect you to go away so easily because yeah. they usually don't. But what did he think you were busting in I for? I don't Consensual know. sex, legal sex work. Yes. Like, oh, but this it's is. It's a sting. It's a sting to buy. Presumably he thinks sex work is illegal. Yeah. Which is just... But then it's, you know, are you a cop? Like, oh, you've got to tell me because well, that's you're not allowed thing. to... Al- that's not that's Ridiculous. not how it works. <laughs> Imagine if I was like, oh, yeah, well, oh, you've got oh, me. Oh, you got us. All right. Damn, well, wrap up oh, the well. steam, boys. Yeah. Come yeah. on, pack up the gear. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't got and it then, And then time. undercover, like, what? And, I, yeah, I have to assume... And the way that I thought so. Yeah. Oh, just, oh, just instinct. So. Instinct? Yeah. You got to. You don't have good yeah. instincts, mate. There's something wrong. You need that fixed. Like, I've got my website. I've got my... Like, yeah. The bad instincts. I loved it. What are you? I loved oh, just I loved ridiculous. Thought, thought so. So good. Thought so. Thought so. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nah, yeah. Yeah, yeah gotcha. Honor. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he must think sex work is illegal. Yeah. And I, I like, it, it's like that client that contacted me that was like, you know, are we allowed to go swimming? Oh, yes. That was so weird. And I was like, yeah, we're allowed. He's like, well, we're all arrested. <laughs> and I was like, for swimming? <laughs> like, well, unless we're breaking into someone's pool, I don't know. And doing it naked. In yeah. Part, like, what? Yeah. I, <laughs> That's bizarre. So weird. Our question of the week. A lovely individual sent us this very insightful question. Uh, Dear Jenna and Holly, I am asking this question as we approach December the 17th, International Day to End Violence Against Sex Workers. So this comes with a trigger warning. Over the years, I have read several sex workers posting on social media about having to take time off after being sexually assaulted, and some of their clients' followers would reply with, take care of yourself, or if you need any help, please message me. While it is good to see that many clients care about the well-being of sex workers, I feel that such replies might be inappropriate when sex workers have peers and peer orgs which are in better positions to provide support. So how should clients respond with sensitivity both on social media and when the sex workers take bookings again in person? What a brilliant question. It's very insightful. Thanks, mate. Yeah, we appreciate it. Um, look, it's really tough, isn't it? I mean, how, how, do, how do human beings... What's the correct response when someone's been through trauma or is grieving? Or I mean, that is mm. – I don't know if we've got the exact answers no. to that. No. Um, but I will say that, yeah, look, the if, if you need anything, reach out. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. not – like I get that it's coming from a nice place. And, and this, this question asker seems to, to get that as well. Like, but, yeah, we have, we have peers and sex work orgs. We also have our own friends and our own relationships and parents and things. And yes, not every sex worker is out to the people around them. Most people are out to someone Mm -hmm. at least Mm -hmm. and have someone they can confide in. So it it kind of, it always makes me think, it comes back to that thing of thinking that we don't have our own support networks. Mm. When, when a client or in my opinion, worse, just a sort of an online follower says, I'm here for you. I go like, not to be rude, but who the fuck are you? Mm. Like, I don't, if I don't know you, I'm like, what? I've never even met you. Like to me, it's quite inconceivable that I would reach out to a complete stranger in a time of need over like, you know, my husband like that's very odd to me but then I guess some people are more comfortable talking to complete strangers but um it's sort of it makes me go oh you don't realize that I've got loved ones and I've got friends and that's it's a bit upsetting for you to remind me that you don't see that I know that's not the intention that's not what you're saying but that's sort of what it reminds me of and and realistically like if I don't know I also think on a broader scale saying if you need anything reach out is never helpful. Well, it's not, is it? It's not actually it's not. practical and it no. makes you feel like you've offered help, which is good for mm. you, but it's it's really empty to the person. It's, it's, it's it, you know. Because when someone's going mm. through a hard time, like if they know, like you don't need to tell them that basically. Yeah. If you want to reach out to someone, you'll reach out to someone. You don't need to go, yeah. oh, did they say I could reach out or not? And what they need actually is for people to, to be practical and to not people they don't really know, but people in their personal life, to say to not say oh just reach out if you need anything and then go on with their lives they actually yeah. need someone to reach out and say hey how are you what yeah. do you want to do this is shit let's talk or whatever you know i think the best thing you can do as a follower a client 
either one, um, is, is be sincere. I think it's, it's really lovely to say, especially if they've posted something has happened mm-hmm. to say, you know, we're thinking of you or I, I think that's fine. I think it's really nice to express that you, you, that you care and that you see them and that you, yeah, because if they're sharing that publicly, then, mm-hmm. then, then, you know, um, I just think it's, I think it's nice to express that you, you're sincerely thinking mm. of them. Mm. Um, I think when people have been through some sort of trauma like that, or they need to take time off because of something in that situation, we all know what I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. The main thing that they're struggling with is paying the bills. Yep. What's, what they're worrying about is that they don't have income while they're trying to mentally recover. And do they have to go back to work earlier than, um, than they really psychologically should mm-hmm. because of the pressures of, of living. And so I'm not saying send everyone money who says they've got trauma on the internet, but I guess if you see somebody and they've, they've had that sort of thing and they are saying they need to take a little bit of time off, even if it's as small as doing something like sending them $20 via Beam it or something, you know, I'm not, you don't have to fork out your entire bank account, but just those little things, it adds up. And that might be a meal for somebody one day, um, you know, when they, you know, you know, or a little bit, $100 might contribute a little bit to their psychologist appointment or whatever it is. Or when they are ready to book again, you know, sorry, when they are ready to take bookings again, keep an eye on their stuff and then go and spend time with them. Um, and don't bring it up. But just be loving and caring and polite and um, and support their their business. I think that's the best thing that you can do. Um, is yeah, is sincerely say you care. Don't do the whole reach out to me thing. Um, you know, chuck them a few bucks if you can. Subscribe to their OnlyFans, even you know, um, one, yeah. subscri- subscribe to their Patreon, whatever it is. Try and support them as much as you can in a in a, in a tangible sense, um, and you know as soulless as it sounds in a financial sense because that is what is going to prevent them from healing mm-hmm. is the drive to um to have to keep a roof over their head and and pay the bills um so you know and, and even then an uber eats voucher i mean when you feel fucking miserable when you're going through a hard time it's really nice to be able just to to stay in bed and to have mm-hmm. somebody come and throw your food at your front door yeah. so yeah you know maybe a honey bird at voucher is probably not the thing when yes. somebody's like let's say let's yes. be let's be practical here yeah um but that's my take so i think it's a really lovely question and i think um that's really really thoughtful of you i think they're the tangible um and um and practical ways that you can mm. take care of a sex worker that you yeah. one of the um suggestions this person mm. said like people might reply with things like take care of yourself mm. and i mean that's a bit of a slap in the face because it's already not happened Right, like you've yeah. already a bad and, thing has happened. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I'm trying to. I've not been taken care of. I'm yeah. doing all I can. Yeah. Um, and I get again, I get the sentiment. Yeah, but I think whenever people say to sex workers like "stay safe out oh. there" or whatever, it's a bit like, oh, thanks for the reminder that no matter what I fucking do, I can still be the target of of violence. hate crimes and violence. Yeah. Like, cool, thanks for that. And as come on, it's yeah. When someone says to me, "I'll oh, drive safe," I go, oh. Yeah. Oh, I was going to speed and run all the lights. Oh, okay. In that case, yeah. you know, I know it's coming yeah, from a nice place, of course. but I think especially with sex workers, we go, yeah, I'm trying. Yeah. Especially Thanks. when and, and, yeah, they're posting usually a really like carefully worded thing. Like yes. I had a really bad incident. We don't need to tell you that what they're leaving out is probably some graphic and violent, mm. pretty fucked mm. up shit happened mm. there, you know? Um, so yeah, they, the last thing I think people need is, um, is sort of platitudes and it sounds really, I, I don't like to be, you know, anti-sentimental. I like a sentimental. Mm. I like people to be sweet. I think that's really nice to be like, mm. but when something really horrible like that has happened, um, mm. yeah, just tell them you care, tell them you're thinking mm. of them, tell them, you know, not in their inbox on the post that yes. they make. Yes. Don't pester them. Um, and uh, yeah, just tell them you care. And I think it's always nice. Like you can, you can just say, that's fucked. I hate yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Like you can be really, yeah, that's hate fine. What an awful thing. This what a horrible bullshit. thing to have yeah. happened to you. You know, yeah. sympathize, empathize. Yeah. 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 But look, I don't think anyone's going to police you. If you do say things like, <laughs> if you do say things like, you know, take care of yourself, I don't think anyone's going to cancel you for I it. I bloody hope not. We, we, <laughs> yeah. we know, we all know you mean well, but um, yeah, what a wonderful question. And thank you so much for sending it in. And um, it sounds like whoever you follow and whoever you are a client of um, is very lucky. You sound like a, a really decent hmm. person. Yeah. We finally have some patrons to thank. Oh, well, we've had the patrons the whole time. I just haven't got around to friggin' sorting out the list because I'm a goose. But I got there, guys. I'm here. I'm queer. I'm finally with it. Let's go. Um, I went back through to the last time we did it, and I'm hoping I've covered everyone. If I haven't got you, please let us know, and I'll pop you in on the next one, and I'll tell you I love you. 
I may have made some mistakes here with the names. I don't think I've done anything um, outing and identifying, but if, I, if, if your little cute niche character name is not here, let me know and I can fix that up for the next one. Um, our new giving somebodies that we'd love to thank. Uh, Sir Robin, the not quite so brave as Sir Lancelot. Naughty and Rocket, Charlie, Alex, Audrey and Jeff. Our new generous somebodies are JG, Cucumber and Anthea. My new very generous somebodies are Jade. Hello, Jade. <laughs> Bradford, Flynn. Ooh, it could be Helena or Helena. Sorry, one of those. Um, Bianca or Bianca. Oh, the options mm. here. Uh, Ree. Hello, Ree. Ian or and. Or Ian. We are probably not Ian. Um, and David. 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 And David. <laughs> Our even more generous somebodies are Hello, it's me. Um, <laughs> love that yeah alex dave the ashley stafford the rhiannon rhodes nomad adele afraz andrew biggie our secret admirer our footstool greenie lachlan leslie sub london miss billy mr e mr e uh nk the ophelia parker scott c simon steve timmy and wheezy and our extremely generous somebodies are Crochet Cat, Aaron, Adam Smith, Skippy, BNJ, Andrew, Pete, Sienna Saint, and Ad Amor. Thank you, guys. We appreciate you sticking with us. Um, we're so grateful to our patrons, honestly. We, yeah, you guys keep us running. Um, we're really grateful to everyone for being so patient with our more sporadic episode releases. We hope that the content is is even better because we can just brew on it a little bit longer. Um, and we love doing this for you. So, um, yeah. yeah. Thanks. Thanks so much for being here. Your support is just Oh, it's outrageous. I know. The things that doesn't make sense. It's illogical. The messages we get, the yeah. kindness uh, from our peers, from strangers, oh God, yeah. international people. Um, well, I mean, we're, we're, we're very lucky. Yeah. Thank you. Bye and guys. bye-bye. Please look out for us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Patreon. Our name everywhere is Somebody You Pod, as in podcast. Our Patreon starts at just $3 a month, and you can get all of our episodes ad-free and a day early, plus bonus episodes, behind-the-scenes action, bloopers, and more. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the voices of sex workers. And remember, somebody you love might just be a sex worker. <laughs>